Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm very tired. This is Star Trek Sucks. My name's Leal, and I like Star Trek. Hi, I'm Jack, and I'm tired. <laughs> Jack's tired, everybody. Did you catch the Jack's tired? Jack's tired. I'm tired. Jack, what happened last week? On the show? or yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could like, just give us like an update, general news. What's the funny thing is, I don't know either way. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a bad week in um, yeah in America news. We're recording this from what I assume by the time this airs will be the uh, independent uh, protectorate of the Northwest. Oh, I was gonna say this. We're recording from the pre-apocalypse. Wow. Pre-apocalyptic past is what I was trying to say, yeah. and I failed. At. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um. <clears throat> um, yeah. We're uh, still about two weeks ahead of schedule, so every time we do one of these recordings, the idea of what is going to be going on in the world when you listeners are hearing us is uh, yeah. Talking it, talking about current events is at this point very funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny and terrifying yeah yep yeah and like a clown yeah we're in the clown zone yeah um i'm always i'm i'm always nervous about using clown uh like imagery or metaphors or anything like that because there's some weird clown nazi like the whole clown world not nazi connection yeah, that that. i don't fully understand what that is or what's going on with it yeah, that whole thing was incomprehensible to me. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of like... Well, like, when we went to the Bernie rally here in Boise, there was one dude on the side of people shouting about how they want Trump to be a dictator and uh, and a monarch. Sure. Um, one dude in just straight-up, like, rodeo clown, o- like, overalls and clown face paint. Right. With a tr- Trump 2020... Anyway, this podcast is about Star Trek, so... Yeah, I, I, I wonder how much current event stuff to do on this show. It's a comedy show. I I refuse to feel bad about, like, just doing comedy um, during all of this because it's like, well, people, people fucking need comedy. Yeah, absolutely. And me being miserable is not going to save the world. Um, but also, like... It's very hard to do literally anything without, like, commenting on what's happening right yeah. now. Yeah, um, it's extremely difficult to, like, do our jobs. Yeah. Like, I have yeah. to correspond yeah. with people in cities that are having massive violence. You know, we've been very fortunate in Boise so far that with the exception of one absolute moron who should not be allowed the to open carry anymore. The world's dumbest boy. Yeah. Uh, let a shot year fire old, <laughs> or let a shot slip. Yeah, an 18-year-old who decided, which uh, I'm not going to get into uh, open carry laws or Second Amendment or, you know, everybody sure. knows that I'm a gun owner. But if you go out into public with a loaded and chambered weapon of any kind yeah. and you shoot that weapon, then there should be a downgrade to your to the things that you're allowed to do with guns. I mean, if you, especially if you accidentally shoot that weapon. Yeah, ex- especially <laughs> like, accidentally. If no, you if get you arrested sh- for shooting your weapon, if you get arrested and charged for shooting your weapon, I'm fine with your gun rights being diminished. Yeah, 
Uh, like, I'm not saying that your guns have to be taken away, but you should have to take an extra class or something. I really feel like that's I mean, the bare fucking minimum of reasonableness. That's literally how they treat you about your car. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or any other object that you own that could kill a, kill a man. I want to thank the birds for joining us as well. Um, we've yeah. listeners si- since we're still 60s jangly folk band the birds are here hey mister <laughs> uh, yeah Jack and I are recording uh, outside to continue to try and be responsible and socially distanced um, also it's just nice to be outside. It's yeah it's just nice yeah uh, but yeah, I've definitely picked up a lot of background noise yeah. uh, in, um, in our recent recordings. Hey, look, if that's the thing that's going to make you stop listening to this podcast, honestly, get at us on Twitter because I would like to know what kind of person you are. <laughs> where you're like, the rest of this has been good, but birds? <laughs> no! <laughs> no, sir! <laughs> <laughs> that's twitter.com please at- contact us and let us know and i'm I, I i i i know i sound like i may be being judgmental no i want to know what your life is like because i am an extremely curious person and i cannot fathom that being the line on this podcast <laughs> everything else about this podcast 10 out of 10 12 out of 10 a double plus bird sounds no i'm burning how, this place to the ground i love how one of the pod uh, one of the hosts is always drunk and belching to the microphone constantly that's great perfect love it uh <laughs> I love how they just they get bogged down in in tedium that has nothing to do with the subject matter of their intent. But I love how birds. I love how it has been ten minutes on this specific episode, and they have not talked about Star Trek yet. Well, I feel it barely seems like like one of them barely seems like he knows what Star Trek is. And the one who likes Star Trek keeps calling it Star Wars. <laughs> but bird sounds? No, you get the fuck out of here with your fucking bird sounds. Uh, that was a good, I got I got yeah. I got laugh hurts from that one. Yeah, no, it's it's it feels good to laugh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I've been hitting the streets late at night for the last two days that's why i'm tired yeah that's Um, also why i and i wasn't out as late as you were last night but um that's why i was in the middle of a nap when we were supposed to start recording right um because i came home and watched the live feed uh from the portland police riot last night right which was bad yeah 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 um very bad i don't like i i really i don't know how much to talk about this on the podcast and we can cut all this if you want but we're not cutting it i i'm very interested in like what's happening in boise um which is like it's very far away from 
the big cities where like the police have basically said look we're not trying to pretend to be we're not gonna try to pretend to be the good guys anymore yeah like yeah no we're going to crush it's, you it's into just submission. like no like no we are we are in charge of violence we're the department of violence you don't get to do violence only we get to do violence yeah. and we will do it whenever we fucking want and that is very much what's I've been seeing coming out of Portland specifically, which is what I've been mo- watching right. uh, the most of. Although I've seen some of this stuff, like Unicorn, Unicorn Riot has been reporting pretty extensively out of Minneapolis, um, and then you see just like the random, the most, the most offensive and gruesome clips of you know uh, of specific acts of of uh, unjustifiable police violence. Um, right. from you know from various places that obviously people are you know spreading all over the place on uh, twitter.com where you can reach us at Leo like Neil and at <laughs> who is Jack Gunn to tell us how you feel about bird noises see I brought it around great man <laughs> uh, I was trying to do a different thing but <laughs> now I mean like so like last night I got way more into the mix than the night before um, the candlelight vigil i mean there is an extremely strong um tone shift yeah once the sun goes down which seems to be the play the case in a lot of yeah the stuff that we're seeing from around the country and you and i basically traded places on on the the scene last night in yeah, boise last night, so. which was uh june 2nd yeah so um, i left after the candlelight vigil i was there with yeah. uh, Catherine and some friends of hers so we got through the vigil the only thing of note that really happened and it wasn't really contentious um we were on the capitol steps too so i heard reports from other people that the guys who and who who you eventually saw and who ended up having you know being in confrontation with people uh were visible driving around the outside edge of the capitol during the vigil um which this vigil of, of of all the things that we've seen like um it's not protesters versus protesters. It's three or 4,000 people being very quiet and holding fucking candles and reading out the names of the dead and the mental illness that it takes to be driving around in a circle in a truck around a group like that and shouting Trump 2020. Yeah. Time to fuck that up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I, 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 and we talked about this when we went to that Bernie rally, which seems like a decade ago. It was Jesus. it was in February um, that we went to that. Yeah, that and seems and we like... had, and we had talked about that where it was like the counter protesters. All they had to say was, "He's your president." Yeah. It's literally, it's just he is offensive to people that I don't like. And that is their entire political project. And I can't help but feel very bad for anybody whose political project is that. Like, yeah, it's a very, I mean, like, I, you it's know, they're bleak de- existence. They're detestable, but also, like, it's not entirely their fault. Or is yeah. it not even, like, mostly their fault? Like, they're, they're like, we are all victims of history, um, including them. Yeah, it's a, it really does seem like such a bleak existence to me um, to where the only thing that you can think to do is to go basically mock other people. Uh, and, and again, I mean, going, right, going like back go, specifically. Right, go to a protest and remind people why, like, 
remind people that they hate the thing that they're already protesting. Yeah. Um, but last and night it was derived some gratification from that is is just like what yeah the, like what like that that is the level you've sunk to to find any joy in your life is like something has gone very 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 wrong for you yeah um and yeah just last night it seemed uh over the top egregious because uh there because the people in around the capital are not protesting it's not signs versus signs it's not chance versus yeah. chance i mean it was it's it not was... our side versus your side it's a bunch of people literally in mourning thousands of people right. in mourning and you decide to drive around in a big ass truck and be an asshole um, it was protesting by the time i got there right. but but like i said i've been going out late um yeah and yeah i mean when i got there it was dusk it was um bike cops doing the the cordoning um which is like, even if you have a gun on you, you cannot help but look like a fucking dork in a bike helmet. You know, I actually um, um, like the, the, Robert, like that aesthetic is so fucking dorky. Robert Evans was talking about the uh, potential effectiveness and the and the difference between uh, Portland PD and I forget the other city that he mentioned. Um, but that specifically in instances like this, that bike cops can be very effective because one, they're extremely fluid, they're extremely yeah. mobile, and two, uh, a small group of bike cops can form an, effect, uh, an effective barricade with their bikes. Right. Um, and they can even use their bikes as a weapon. I'm not. I'm not saying that um, they're not dangerous. I'm saying they don't look dangerous. And, yeah, I mean, and, definitely and, everybody and, looks like a nerd in a helmet. And like. BPD knows that, I think, because the bike cops were replaced by cop cops the kind of people that arrest you yeah you know and and they formed a line basically um and they were good um they did they did their training um you know like a lot of like the dirtbag left uh podcast scene and and just in general on twitter and and in real life too like we we kind of talk about cops being um sort of like like resentful homicidal morons um which i'm not disavowing that that but they are trained um they are trained at, at crowd control they're trained it um to do to withstand i mean it was it like i was in a line of people basically scolding them you know, and um, I mean, it's the first time in my life I've stood with a with a bunch of with dozens of people and screamed um, at somebody with a gun about why his job was trash. And, the, you know, and the guy that was right in front of me was very scary. Um, he was, you know, we also like kind of joke about how uh, a lot of cops are, you know, fat pieces of shit that just want to shoot somebody. But honestly the ones that stay in really good shape kind of scare me more because it's like okay what are you staying in good shape for it's so you can kick the shit out of anybody that anybody you feel like mm -hmm. that's why you became a cop in the first place yeah i mean to uh to continue with our standard dynamic of uh me being the far left and you being the the radical left one um they sure I guess like that's what we're calling it. <laughs> I, I think that's the most succinct way of of putting it like uh you know i'm like I'm, i was i was gonna say i'm the one that 
continues to drag you further to the left. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm an anchor on you, but I, but instead of down, it's left. <laughs> I mean, the uh, massive and unacceptable levels of uh, of police brutality currently sweeping the nation is also be- pulling me fo- further to the sure. left. Um, but I am still of the opinion, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be with the name police, but the functions of police there are many functions of police that i do believe need to exist in a civilized society yes but um, it doesn't need to be an all in one department and right. and the people that perform those functions mostly don't need to be able to murder somebody at will right yeah that's the big that's the big one that's the big <laughs> the big one that's a uh, i was thinking or, about or or <clears throat> use violence at all right yeah I mean, a lot of people have brought up the fact that um, that social workers are better equipped to handle a lot of situations. The that vast are, majority that yeah. of situations that police get involved. Um, in. And yeah. then yeah, but you know, somebody brought up the point that uh, yeah, the guy who gives out speeding tickets shouldn't be in charge of violence, right? Like pretty much at all, right? Um, you know, I do have, I, I have some, and I, so Behind the Bastards recently did an episode about the, um, basically the cop murder, cop murder training that they go through. Um, and I'm absolutely sympathetic and I consider it absolutely unacceptable when a police officer pulls somebody over for actually breaking the law, whether it's, you know, speeding or whether they're doing like drunk driving tests or whatever Just it is. Anything at all. Um, yeah. yeah when they, when there's a, a legitimate stop. And violence is done to that officer, whether it's some, whether it's you know spitting or verbal abuse or all the way up to you know to straight up murder. That's not okay either. Right. Um, and there do need to be people in charge of making sure that people are not again driving drunk all over the road. We can talk about whether or not speed limits are necessary, but um, that's a. But uh, yeah, I mean, too too <laughs> much of it. What ex- a weird position to land on in all of this is be like and be an anti-speeding limit guy. I I, I, mean, I know no I'm not I'm not making fun of you because I, I it, it was just a, a thing that slipped out but I I am imagining a guy that's like yeah fucking like using <laughs> this moment to just be like yes ab- abolish speed limits <laughs> I don't care about literally anything else that's going on he just shows up at the rallies <laughs> and like does all the chants and then when everybody else stops talking he's like and abolish speed limits <laughs> everybody's like, like that's that's his. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> Felix Biederman from uh, Chapo Trap House and, and episode one um, does as a bit being part of the anti-condom movement. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, but I feel like that's an equivalent like political cause. I mean, like Chapo, he's, he's also like talked, this was years ago, but it, he talked about like the people who uh, like Pitbull pitbull rehabilitation is like their only political cause oh yeah like it's just it's that kind of energy where it's like you have no other politics other than speed limits are speed limits speed are, limits are oppression tyranny yeah speed limits are tyranny <laughs> that's gonna be our next what, shirt. A, what a fun way to be honestly <laughs> Actually, yeah, we should do that because it's like, yeah, warp, warp ten, speed limits are tyranny. Oh fuck yes, <laughs> fuck yes. Uh, oh, God. that's right. It's a it's a podcast about Star Trek. <laughs> warp ten, speed limits are tyranny. That is that will be available 
on our uh, what's the t-shirt store tea on our tea public store hopefully by the time this airs because I think I can do that myself <laughs> does it re- seem like it requires that as much seem graphic like it design take that much. <laughs> uh, anyway anyway I've been I've been just out compulsively filming the the protests and yeah. I will say like Boise's cops are for now behaving their I mean, they're doing they're doing what they're told, which right now is to not escalate. Well, and one of the things that I think is most significant with the difference between I keep thinking of this when I'm watching these protests in Portland, because people keep making the point about the fact that most of 82 percent, I think it is, of the police in Portland do not live in the Portland metro area. They live somewhere outside, which is another problem. That's a huge problem is that that ties to police pay and i have in the past um, much less of a an advocate on this point now uh, especially given what's going on but uh that if you are going to have police if you're going to have a, a person whose job it is to uh specifically be in danger and i'm not going to get into the you know relative danger of being a police officer or whatever because there are more dangerous jobs um a lot actually. but the idea that uh that a police officer in a major metro area can be making, you know, forty or fifty thousand dollars a year and living in New York or even in Portland, like fifty thousand dollars a year You're in not, Portland. You, you live in a shoebox. Yeah, in and in le- for, and if you that. if you and a spouse with no children both make fifty plus, then you're pretty okay and you know could probably comfortably live in the Portland metro area. Um, but as bigger city as as bigger cities go, Portland is, I think, relatively low in terms of cost of living, and it and it still would be very difficult uh, to uh, to have what you consider to like a, just a comfortable middle class lifestyle. Um, and I'm I'm not going to argue for anybody's right to to live luxuriously, especially not on a public servant salary, but to have a comfortable middle class lifestyle, yeah, that should be the thing that is the goal for everybody. Okay, so since you already made fun of me for being the radical left one on the podcast, <laughs> I'm just going to fucking go for it. Um, the same forces that make it impossible for um, for, oh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for a worker, even, a, even a, a state worker who enforces these forces, uh, to live in the cities that they have to patrol are the same forces that require an escalating police presence. Um, it's almost like we live in a system that contradicts itself and is designed and is doomed to grind to a halt. Now, are you saying, cause I want to make sure that I'm understanding this clearly. Are you saying that, uh, the same forces that are engaged in the compulsive <laughs> hoarding of money and continuing to funny, funnel every goddamn dime that they possibly can further and further up the economic ladder uh, while pitting uh, the lower and middle class against each other in, for example, uh, a street battle between middle class police officers and lower middle class police officers and uh, middle class and lower class and uh, uh, protesters. Um, that those are the same forces, that the, the same people are doing those two things. So, no, actually. Oh, really? Um, I mean, like, yes, but you say, when you say for you use forces and people 
um, yeah, inter interposably or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean forces. I don't like as a Marxist. I'm I'm done being shy about my politics on this podcast. It's have you been being shy up yes. to this point? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, because I, because it's a comedy podcast and I wanted to be fucking funny. Listen, if Marxism can't be funny, then fucking you need to change your politics. Your mom needs to change your politics. <laughs> Karl Marx. <laughs> no, I mean no, I I actually mean force. I I real I literally mean forces. I mean like like as like the marxist view of the world is that no we're like we're all stuck in this because like like whatever individual capitalist that you're like god I, like what a fucking asshole it's like no he's doing what he has to do i mean not that they're not bad people i mean some of them are good people um but they but they are in a class position where they can't be good and maintain their class position and it's like it's and it's it yeah like i said it's a system that contradicts itself and 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 will eventually fucking um end in end in blood which we are now at that part of it um or is um as flaming hot cheetos rasp um at on twitter at sean r moorhead tweeted more than two months ago after this episode airs, but is more true than ever now. If unemployment exceeds 30% and distrust of the political process becomes widespread, there is a danger that the United States will enter what historians call the cool zone. That's weird because <laughs> Robert was referring to the area closest to the police barricades uh, on his live stream in Portland last night as the cool zone <laughs> yeah yeah the, the 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 parlance of the cool zone is definitely making the rounds since he, he tweeted that um, um but, but yeah like we are we are about to live through something that future historians if there are any inshallah um will want to study yeah um and it's interesting living through history i i'm gonna go out and limb and say i don't want to live through the cool zone <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to point out really quickly that um, this is our, our best episode so far in terms of t-shirt production because we also definitely need to have a t-shirt with a picture of Karl Marx that says your mom needs to change her politics. <laughs> Karl Marx. <laughs> says your mom needs to change your politics, volume one. <laughs> um. <laughs> But also, let's go ahead and do the show. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about Star Trek? Yeah. I mean, Star yeah. No, I'm like, like, first of all, this is our show and we can talk about. Yeah, we can do whatever we, we want. want. I, I, um, I just want to make sure like you're comfortable with it. Oh, yeah. No, I and also I, I, I don't want to be like somebody that does politics as comedy or comedy as politics because those people are fucking insufferable for the most part, except for Cody Johnston. Oh, I'm also supposed to recommend something up top. So, uh, well, we haven't. E you haven't even told us what happened last week yet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you want to try to guess, or you want to just <laughs> you want to just bail on that on that segment? <laughs> no, I, I want to keep trying to do the segment, but I'm getting really bad at it. <laughs> it's almost like there's a lot of information that I need to absorb that isn't star trek the next generation 
Okay, what if I said uh, Ubermensch? Oh. They... Was there a plague? There was yep. Yeah, there was a plague that made people age. Yes. Um, that was spread by their stupid Ubermensch genetic experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And it. I thought they were going to kill off Dr. Pulaski. Like, oh, it, it, it really seemed like... They had written the script to kill her off and then, like, wrote wrote the end of that episode to be like, never mind. Well, and if they had, that would have been so much of a better job than the way that they killed off Tasha. Oh, I mean, almost anything would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we talk a lot of shit about how fucking terrible Pulaski is, and she is a terrible, terribly written yeah, terrible character. Terrible character, yeah. Um, but holy shit, uh, I, like... Even even at, with as terribly as she has been set up in the last whatever six episodes I think that we've seen of this season, it, that still would have carried more weight if she had died in that episode than uh, than it did when Tasha yeah. got flung across a yeah. soundstage by a tar blob. It would have carried more weight if like Data had come into the bridge and been like, uh, Doctor Pulaski fell down the stairs and she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> there are no stairs on the entire ship. <laughs> Pulaski fell down. She fell down holodeck, holodeck stairs. Yeah, she she loaded up the stairs program. <laughs> in the she loaded up MC Escher in the holodeck, <laughs> <laughs> and she just kept she kept falling down those stairs because they go on forever. Okay, I had never. I don't think I had ever thought about this, but there absolutely should be an MC Escher program for the holodeck. Like, yeah, actually, that would be sick as fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just that. I mean, it'd be good. Uh, once my coward's foot heals and I can run again, it would, it would be a great like training, <laughs> like you do, just just run upstairs forever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You never have to run back down. Yeah, yeah. Although I mean, running down, you know, trains different. Running downstairs sucks, dick. It does suck a dick. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it'd be like a good rehab tool because a lot of times when people have. Uh, like one of the the knee ligaments like torn or damaged like it's significantly harder to go either up or down so if you right. could choose to just go down forever or up forever yeah great yeah i guess you can just do that on a treadmill well you can go up forever on a treadmill you can't go down forever on a treadmill they're, they're decline treadmills are they yeah no oh. never seen one i mean I they mean, don't, they don't just... go like way down but like you can you can do like a negative five degree treadmill i guess you could just walk backwards on a regular treadmill Anyway, anyway, what uh, else should people watch, Jack? Uh, check out some more news on mm. YouTube. Um, you had shared that 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 video, and I had forgotten um, how good Cody is. It's extremely good, and I had been listening to the podcast, and of course, I'm listening to uh, their other uh, their project with with Robert Evans. Yeah, I mean, I'm listening ever. to Worst Year Ever because I'll listen to anything um, Robert Evans touches yeah um but he's not actually that good of a podcaster no well especially recently first of all his um on the some more news podcast or on the some more news uh youtube videos he's more prepared you know he's, he's got they've got stuff well they have a script down. yeah um and i on, mean he's he's a lot of times on the other stuff that that they do together 
um, if they they may have a, a script or they may have stuff written down. Oh, I think they uh, have like show notes, which, but also which Cody I've is, been assured that you have for this show. Yeah, uh, um, but Cody's also it seems like been hit extremely hard emotionally right. by all of the garbage that's going on. Right. Um, and so I it. it I feel for him emotionally, but also like what he's producing is not much because he's just, just fucking broken and frustrated a lot right. of the time. But yeah, uh, on uh, on some more news on YouTube, absolutely fucking watch it and then watch it again. Um, so it's it's an evolution of a thing that he did when he worked at Cracked right before Cracked, um, before whatever private equity firm at the time owned Cracked shuttered their video department, which their video department was making really a lot of really good stuff for a while there um and one of the things they were making was he had a show called some news um which he would he would basically he would it's basically the same show but he would just be like hey here's some news uh (laughs) which is such a like charming and funny introductory gag and also like so perfect to his personality and like i would describe his news show is like basically the same thing as is what john oliver is doing yeah but similar but instead of hbo it's youtube and instead of john oliver it's charlie day <laughs> <laughs> yeah which if you don't think that rocks based on that description have fun being wrong i guess yeah fuck you <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it, it is very fun to watch and and extremely informative that's the other thing that's like yeah it's it has it, it has that well same researched. blend of of yeah of, of very thorough research and also great gags yeah um and and a, and a, a host who has a very distinct personality that you can kind of like meld you know you can kind of like get a get a grip on yeah um yeah no i i really you had reminded me because i hadn't been watching it for fucking ever um you would remind me like oh yeah no cody cody rocks and it, also like one of the things that i that i find very frustrating and like this is a very minor thing but one of the things i find very frustrating about our current time is cody used to make before he became political he used to make these these just incredible absurdist comedy videos oh yeah yeah i've seen the stump video yeah yeah the game helping squad videos uh <laughs> Yeah, he uh, Professor Scott Bug, uh, <laughs> and for better or worse, I mean, I think he's found uh, a niche and and whatever. But yeah, you're you're right. He he's he's been limited in the scope of what he is producing yeah. creatively, and I think what he's producing creatively on in the political spectrum is good. And I'm glad yes, he's doing absolutely. it. Yeah. Um, but he is as opposed to somebody like. Uh, Robert, who, like, Robert is really thriving. Robert was never going to make anything other than what he's making. Yeah, exactly. Uh Um, Robert's actually probably having the time of his life right now. I mean, I don't think he's, well, I don't know. He's, uh, I don't want to say he's happy about it because he's certainly not happy about the horrifying state of of affairs. Uh, But, yeah. But, no, like, personally, though. Yeah, it is is really, he does. He's making what he, the content that he's (laughs) always wanted to make. Yeah, he And I don't think Cody is. Yeah, I identify with Cody. Like, and, I, I'm a Cody that wants to be a Robert. Yeah, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm... But I also am realistic about it enough about myself that it's like, I'm not Robert Evans. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Cody slash Katie uh, yeah. who always wants to be a Robert. Um, 
Do we want to do a Back to Eden? How long have we been going? So this is long. the longest up top we've ever done. Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> 40 minutes, I think. Jesus. 36, 36 minutes. I think we could maybe leave the Back to Eden. For yeah, we'll <laughs> skip Back to Eden for this week. Uh, but I, uh, I did have one note um follow up on our discussion about 90 day fiance before the 90 days uh-huh. i no longer like jeff okay i was rooting for him uh at the beginning because uh, i thought that he had the best chance and it turns jeff out you're canceled jeff um has a real problem with um that thing where you hit women in the face oh jesus yeah <laughs> I thought yeah. it was going to be like he cheated on somebody that he'd never met before. And it's like, yeah, that seems fine. No, no. <laughs> um, so it turns out that he, because I thought there was, there, I mean, there's something weird and there's there's something going on with anybody who is a full grown adult and has this level of like crippling insecurity or what seems like crippling insecurity. <clears throat> and in the case of this dude, uh, it seems like it is all uh, facade it's a, it's that it's an injured it's an injured animal uh act it's an it's an animal acting like it's injured so it can attack another animal that comes up to check out its injury or whatever right. weaponized weaponized insecurity yeah exactly yeah. huh so jeff sucks for anybody who was listening to this podcast for updates right. about 90 day fiance before the 90 days a show that has already run its entire season also everybody uh named jeff that's listening you suck damn savage no i've had friends named jeff oh this is jeff with a ge though oh no actually yeah in that case um G li- off fuck you, yeah i was G-off. doing that ironically but now that you said it's a g off no Fuck you. Change your name, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I don't remember whether whether you we had you guess what the... Oh, no, we did. You did guess, and I think you guessed it correctly. This episode that we're going to watch this week is called A Matter of Honor. Is it Klingon stuff? It's, it's Klingon stuff. Klingon stuff. I actually yeah, like the Klingon stuff episode so far. Yeah, I mean, so far. I think Klingon my maybe my favorite episode of season one was a Klingon stuff episode. Yeah, so. that was that was one yeah. of your you know, top three, I think. Yeah. Space yeah. noise. Space noise. And we watched an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> we did the podcast. We did the podcast part. <laughs> Only took us forty minutes. Or right, I guess. I guess we're still doing the podcast, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's all the podcast, but uh, the stated purpose of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We did the part where that you actually rely on us to do. <laughs> rely because, is a strong word. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for somebody to watch this fucking show did you every like week, it? it was okay. It was it was not as good as the one from last season. I, yeah. I thought it was um, decent. It it got long. It, yeah, it, it it went slow. Um, these scripts seem, and like we talked about with the writer strike, um, probably that's why this the scripts just seem thrown together. 
well not very well packed yeah the, like well, there's, there's just not a lot happening sometimes well, and it's just, just kind of like moments in this episode that where i'm like okay that doesn't fucking make sense it's just like it's like they threw all the scenes together like they storyboarded it and they're like okay this is what you know needs to happen in this or this order and then they sketched out all the scenes and everything but nobody went back through to read it to be like oh it doesn't make sense for ensign Kalanapin to go take his fucking concerns directly to the captain after he's already been fucking reprimanded for not taking his concerns to his actual direct report just yeah yeah uh, yeah when that scene came up i was in and uh, yeah his whole story was kind of like either i'm going in and out of consciousness which is entirely possible or um a lot of this got left out on the cutting room floor because well the biggest problem with all right, let's okay. Give let's it, let's give you give some information on what. First of all, once they, again, we are talking about things that we have not established. <laughs> so there is a officer exchange program. There which, sure is. Sure. Yeah, that that makes sense. honestly makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially yeah. makes sense for like younger officers, uh-huh. uh, like ensigns and whatnot, uh, even if they're addicted to clonopin. <laughs> As has been established earlier, <laughs> yeah. there is there is another benzoid. Yeah. Um, um, which Wes refers to Mordock, the the original benzoid, as his friend, uh, but he can't tell the difference between the race. Yeah. Wes is not real great. problematic. Yep, not um, great, buddy. Yeah, Wes close friend. We, and, yeah. yeah, this episode is where Wes does racism. Yep. Yeah. Real close buddy of yours, and you can't tell the difference between him and the only other member of his race you've ever met. Yep. Real good friend. Yeah. You love to see it. You do um, love to see it. Also, <laughs> I mean, that scene, that part exists almost purely for us to make fun of. Yeah. Because it factors in no way to the rest of the story. They could have easily just used the character, yeah. like used the other character, and just had him be a fucking prick. Yeah, no other part of the establishment of that character, what we know from the right. last episode that he was in, and nothing else that 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 the character does. There's no, and it's the same actor. Right. It's the same fucking like, actor. There's there's no. It's literally exists for no reason other than to be like, uh, Wesley's accidentally a racist. Which is not what the show intends to do. Like, that's you and me both yes, seeing that now. Because we're on Twitter but, too much. Yeah, but uh, the show doesn't even intend to do that. No, I like, don't. what is the show's intention I in liter- having I literally don't. Like, I literally don't know what they intended with that scene. I, like, I, I cannot imagine what they intended with that scene. No, it makes sense. And the fact that, like, that scene stayed in... And then so much stuff that would have made it make sense got cut. Got cut or just was never written. I mean, the Either only way, the only like, thing I can think of why that scene stayed in was just to be like, no, it's not the other guy that you know and love. And it's like, yeah, we know him. We don't love him. Yeah. And also, I, I and like, I don't know if he comes back. I don't think so. That's yeah. the but that's the only reason I can think of to to be like no it's a different guy is to just be like just in case that guy comes back and but there's nothing <sighs> that this character does like there's no re, there's no, that I, I mean this yeah, character I, is fucking god awful oh but, yeah 
Yeah. But I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense because this character is much less tolerable as an individual than the one from right. last season. Right. Still, like that's that's fucking, that. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, that's the only reason I can think of to have that scene is to is to make sure that you still have some goodwill for that other guy. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's nah. Anyway. Um. Yeah, uh, at one point during like the the couple earlier scenes with that guy, as they were establishing how awful it was, you gave just the heaviest sigh. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, and I just wrote down, "Yeah, you're right." I was upset. <laughs> He's terrible. And and yeah, I'm, well, uh, we've all worked with that guy where it's like at my last job we did it this way. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's a he's an at my last job guy. Right. Well, and it's just nobody. It is so incredibly self-centered and rude to walk into any situation and just immediately be like, oh, "I got this all figured out. Wait till you guys see what I'm bringing to the table." Right. Fuck you. Even if you think you do, lay back in the cut for a few days. Yeah. See see how see how the the workplace works. Yeah. Yeah, walking in on the first day, looking over everybody's shoulders and being like, "Yeah, that, I guess that's okay if that's how yeah, you want to do might, it." They might, they might have found a way. They might have found a way of doing things that you hadn't thought of. Yeah. And even if you do legitimately find ways to improve their workflow, um, and I say this as going as someone that's going to a new job and has like ideas of like, "Oh yeah, we could probably do this." Way back in the cut for a while. Yeah. Just, no. just. Especially when you're coming from, like, a place far away that, that what this reminded me of was numerous times because, uh, you know, we live in Boise. It's a smaller market, and it is not uncommon for people to move to Boise from bigger places right. and to show up and be like, oh, I got this all figured out. Everybody can chill out now. Yeah. I'm here to bring you all the knowledge. I got from, some big city knowledge. Yeah, big city knowledge, <laughs> yeah. which is just like I can't stand – the trope of like the small city guy being like, Oh, Mr. New York city is here to teach us the blah, blah, blah. But I also can't stand the trope of I'm here from New York city to tell you guys. Right. About it's almost like plumbing. both of those exist. Yeah. Um, in op- indoor plumbing is what it, I meant to say. It's almost like it's a dialectic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just, it's, anyway, he's fucking intolerable. So, that guy, four other, or three other people show up on the Enterprise, but none of them has any lines or does anything. So it's really just all about uh, fucking uh, Ensign Kalanapin. Um And meanwhile, Riker gets sent off to the Klingon ship. Oh, yeah. Like other people show up in the Enterprise. Yeah. Three other officers. Or three and other. Are never mentioned again. And none of them speak. Yeah. The yeah, only none one. None of them gets a yeah, line. The off. only one who gets a line is yeah. the one who is. God, this episode is jumbled together yeah yeah From, no yeah like this is made of spare parts it really is it's yeah. it is thrown together it, like they wrote this in two days yeah yeah it, it was it was several honestly like and like no no like, this isn't me joking at this point this is made of several scripts i don't know i don't know that it's i, I or, don't know that it's, or, or it's like, made of several drafts of the same script I honestly, to me, it strikes, I mean, now we're getting into minutiae, but yeah, to me, it strikes much more as like, they came up with the broad strokes of the storyline, 
they storyboarded out the scenes and then they just shit the scenes into a bucket and uh and then you know and then put that on the page and record right. it and there was very little there were no rewrites yeah, like, yeah the editor no did fucking, a lot of heavy lifting on yeah, this one no um, there were no re- rewrites to the script and and episode. failed to do so but i yeah. but i also feel like yeah the editor probably got the brunt um, so yeah, Riker uh, is sent to go work on a Klingon ship, um, and first of all, and I was this this is I wrote this down at the point where he volunteered for the assignment, and I was confirmed to be correct later on. He definitely did that because he's never fucked a Klingon ship. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I, this is the first one. So I tried to watch this um, when I lived in Spokane back in 2015 and would just like put it on and watch it. And uh, this is the first episode I actually remember from that run, other than I think the season finale of season one. Oh, okay this because and it's explicitly because i remember this one being like oh Riker, Riker, Riker's gonna fuck a klingon which he doesn't seem to have done and he doesn't do it which and gave me like weird like mandela effect thing where it's like cuz i distinctly remember a version of events um where he does because i remember this episode being like the real the real establishment of Riker as a fuck guy you know, like we've joked about it a lot, and like you know, like the, the you know the the diplomatic lingerie episode, and, yeah, and I mean, that's definitely happened earlier. But if you weren't watching every single episode, but I I will say like this is the first episode where it's like no Riker, fucks, um, or so I thought, and then he actually really doesn't. It doesn't seem like he did. Like the the Klingon women kind of hit on him, and he's sort of uncomfortable with it. Right, the absolute... And that's the end of it. And I, I swear to God, I remember this episode, like being there, there being a part of this episode where he goes to one of their rooms with. I'm gonna posit a scenario. I think he fucked. Oh, he fucked. But I think that this is a turning point for him in his own fuck guy behavior sure where he's like maybe i need to not be led around by my dick as much and i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to view this series going forward from this this point of view because i think he definitely took the assignment because he's never fucked a klingon chick i also think based on that scene Mm -hmm. in the in Mm. the uh the the mess hall yeah when they're eating and and the the, like, like two of the women are like yeah, we could probably break his dick off. Yeah, and, he, and he's kind of like, I don't think you could, but also I maybe don't want to find out. Yeah, I think this is the. And point. also, he definitely fucked both of them. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think, he but, did, I, but think I think it think was the point. You're right. Where he's like, oh yeah. man, I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta or at least gotta, I gotta, this. I gotta readjust my parameters yeah yeah I've, I'm, it, not to overshare but whom amongst us honestly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah been there uh, been yeah there, Will. Been yeah 
I mean, I had, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we don't have do. to. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to. Yeah, we've been we we've been there. Yeah, you yeah. you definitely, and also we're 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 exercising our male privilege to an extent because it's like the sexual encounters that put us off our appetite for a minute are vastly less traumatic than yes than than what happens to uh uh women yeah but they still happen um there are definitely still i yeah i definitely remember a sexual encounter that was like i'm just not gonna fuck for a while yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah i i will absolutely say that uh it is far from the worst thing that could possibly happen right but I've had a couple right. of times where I've been like, okay, I need to not touch I'm just going to tone it down for a, a little bit. In, in yeah. Way for a yeah. little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that guy. Anyway, was- listeners, if you're wondering why I never have sex, it's because I've chosen to, not because I can't. That's right. He's <laughs> a vol cell, not an incel. <laughs> I'm um, cool. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, mention, that got a little heavy. Sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm going to mention this, and it's not going to mean very much to you right now, uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't not laugh at the Klingon captain because I remember him much better from an episode that he's in later on this season. Um, oh, great, a call forward. But he's not that character. <laughs> he's a different character, and he's very cartoonish and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um and so I just kept thinking about that. So I'll I'll remember when we get to that episode. This is the, the episode of Samaritan Snare. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, I'll remember when when we get there. Uh, wow. Because yeah, it, what a great comedic uh, uh, construct. The call forward. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you're gonna laugh later. <laughs> I mean, I laughed already. You'll laugh later. I promise. You'll laugh. You know, like maybe you didn't laugh this time, but you know it's important that like at least one of us laughed, and uh, you know we can't both laugh all the time. Like that's just not reasonable. Yeah, and, you'd but hate I can to definitely tell when you're laughing. You'd like, hate know- to hear a podcast where all of the hosts were having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make an orgasm. Never mind. I don't want to. Hmm. Mm, okay, we got to get off the horny thing. Why are the Federation? And the Klingon Empire trading officers if they don't trust each other? So, I actually have a lot of thoughts about that. Oh, good. Yes, please. Because um, I think it's fucking nonsense. So, if you look at the period when this was when um, this was filmed, it was, you know, very late 80s. Yeah, tail end of the Cold War. Yeah, the Cold War is ending. Um, like, so the Klingons in the original series are clearly meant to be the Russians uh-huh. or the Soviets or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they still are here. But and they still are here. Late cold. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, we're like, we have shown that the Soviet project is wrong and they have come around to our way of thinking and we are ushering in a new, uh, you know, a neoliberal uh, utopia uh, I mean Francis Fukuyama wrote a book I mean it's a little bit later than this but it was literally called The End of History um, which my note about this subject just says End of History um, but yeah the idea of 
okay, we just need as much cultural exchange as possible, and then that will re resolve um, every material conflict. Um, is an ext is extremely an idea of the time that this was filmed. Okay. And like that is what's happening. Um, I I am one hundred percent sure that that's why they're like. Yeah, no, they just they just do an officer exchange with the with their former enemies, and then then they're fine. Yeah, which is basically <laughs> even though like it's, yeah, the way that it's resolved is <laughs> well, it's it's funny because like it's sort of and like maybe I'm projecting a little bit based on what we did to Russia, but like it's sort of implicit and sometimes explicit that they're just liberalizing the Klingon economy and kind of looting them and, and becoming an, an economic hegemon over them too. Um, no, I don't think that's really in the context because the Klingon empire always remains independent. It's not like the Klingons ever joined the Federation. Um, there's not anything that I remember and I, I may be proven wrong as we continue through the watch, but I don't think there's ever, ever any point where, um, there's any uh, explicit or implicit like uh, uh, economic or, or even direct uh, political influence over the Klingon Empire like th it does go into later on like the internal politics of the Klingon Empire and shit like that um, but I, I absolutely agree with you that there is a very clear um, parallel between Russia and yeah the the, yeah. the the Klingons are the Soviets uh, both in the original series and uh, in this uh, this early portion of uh, of Next right. Generation and it is like a question of like okay what do we do with the with the defeated Soviets right and you know a cultural exchange like absolutely makes sense in that in that uh, context yeah yeah but it still doesn't make i don't know it still it annoyed the shit out of me partially just because it took so fucking long because it was obvious from the get or tell me how obvious it was to you uh i remembered this episode fairly well so i remembered that it was going to come to a point where you know it, the captain was going to try to pick a fight with the enterprise uh oh you're talking about like the checkoffs mutiny thing yeah where like riker's like Oh, I heard that like the the first officer is supposed to kill the captain. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this might be a function of how tired I am, <laughs> but I literally wrote down like, "Damn, didn't see that coming." Oh, really? Or I actually wrote down, "Should have seen that coming." Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, good. I feel I, mean, I feel very stupid for not seeing it coming, but it actually did get me. Good. Um, no, I mean, I think that does. I think that speaks to because i think this is a decent episode i'm i'm giving this episode a watch I, 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 yeah i'd give this one a watch just because it, it does sort of establish like galacto politics yeah in um, a way that hasn't been yet yeah I mean, it was just, we it watched was, it was frustrating to me to watch because the klingon captain is being given every single fucking possible opportunity every bit of information that you could possibly need to right. make the realization that oh this is not the fucking problem that you think it is right and he's still just choosing to be like this is my klingon dick yeah he's he's a man with one tool yeah um um okay so back to the the, uh, the b plot was very annoying in many ways one of the problems that i had with it is that 
the issues that this guy starts having where he like doesn't know the protocol and blah 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 are put down to the fact that oh on a Kalanapin ship we would do it this way right you're a Starfleet officer right you've been to Starfleet Academy you're not an officer transfer like you came from another ship within Starfleet but you didn't come from a fucking Kalanapin ship you're a Starfleet officer and you've been through fucking Starfleet Academy right why is this and 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 it could have been so easily solved and it would have made it look so much less stupid that they've shoehorned in this it's not the same guy it's a different guy thing if he was coming from a fucking Kalanapin ship right I mean like I guess my biggest problem with that B plot is that like it doesn't really go anywhere like it it doesn't really resolve yeah, no, a, a, a B story on this show not going anywhere. A pointless B plot. They don't. That doesn't. They don't. My God, one of my te- one of my testicles has exploded from shock. You need to go to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, for that and a number of other things. <laughs> uh, no, it it it's. It, you're right that it's like. Even if he's like an outside observer from a different organization, you wouldn't like that's just not how you would do it. You would just write a report at the end and be like, "Okay, well here are my here's some advice." Yeah. You wouldn't do it in real time. No. No one would want th- you to do that. No. Not at all. You know. <laughs> you would have yeah. a structure. Yeah. Yeah. This is a quali- quasi-military organization like you would be Okay. What is my job? What are my responsibilities? Right. How do I do that job? Who do I report to? Where okay. are the TPS reports? So TPS I talk to the reports? guy I report to, and then he talks to me. Yeah. So I go do my job between this this time and this time, right. and then uh, I tell the guy that I'm supposed to report to about what I've done. And, then, yeah, it's just it's fucking yeah. infuriating. I, 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 I want to throw back to uh, earlier – just because I don't want to forget about it. But I I do have to give Riker props for just fucking going to town on some Klingon food. Yeah, so I have some thoughts on that. Okay. Um, first of all, the show cannot decide if the Klingons are black people or if they are um, Huns, basically. Or like any, like a- Asiatic step raiders. Um, they they kind of vacillate between those two I think it things. really is that... I think they are... Uh, like an Asiatic step culture that they can't decide how dark to go on the makeup is really yeah yeah actually yeah, yeah that's the, fair because the characterization yeah. of the race has nothing to do with any stereotypes or anything regarding any African culture really yeah that's that's fair yeah. um they're just basically yeah they're not they're Mongolians. not like the Ferengi where it's like well, okay I see what you're doing here yeah um they yeah they're not they're not leaning hard on stereotypes. Um, but the food thing, like it's very um, Temple of Doom kind of thing. Yeah. Um, where the implicit thing is that these are barbarians that don't know how to make, that don't know how to actually have food that's good. Sort of, but. I think implicit in the scene that happens in 10 forward is that there is a breadth of, cause the, the temple of doom scene you're talking about is when they're eating, I think it's like Ethiopian food, right? 
Um, like I mean, they're eating like monkey brains and. Oh, and, oh, 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 okay. You, you know, yeah. I'm thinking of the scene. There, there's a scene where they, uh, they, they, they're like in a village somewhere, and I, I, I think. It seems like they're eating Ethiopian food because it's like a sponge bread thing with like a bunch of right. you know mushy stewed uh, stuff, uh, and the the white blonde woman is like all grossed out by it because it all because yeah. it looks like Ethiopian food, um, and also she's a blonde woman. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but I felt like implicit in the scene that occurs in Ten Forward is that there is quite a remarkable breadth and depth to what is Klingon cuisine. Well, and actually, like, this episode makes me like Riker a lot more because Riker's going for it. Yeah. And seems like he's actually enjoying it. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, it, the the writing is kind of conflicted, or maybe the but writing the writing conflicts with Jonathan Frakes' performance. Yes. Because Frakes' performance, I thought, was outstanding. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some notes about that later. But um, I think that freaks said like thought what i think which is this is an advanced spacefaring race of course they've figured out how to make food taste good right. <laughs> like i mean we as americans have figured out how like we have so excessively figured out how to make food taste good that now we're killing ourselves with food yeah <laughs> um, and we're barely into space yeah <laughs> so yeah obviously like these people know how to make food that they like and i think frakes is kind of going for that and then like the script is saying like no these are barbarians and they eat shit yeah and they celebrate eating shit and they love eating shit and i just i just have a problem with that yes yeah, <laughs> you're right i so the one moment of frank's performance that i that i noted because i liked it so much was the fight between him and the second officer um because there's this look so he comes on to the bridge of the klingon vessel and the captain's like you know blah 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 this is the bridge or whatever uh, and one of the other officers says first in Klingon that I don't trust this guy. And then the captain tells him to say it in English. And, uh, you know, he like puffs out his chest and walks up to Riker and he's like, I don't fucking trust you, bitch. And Riker gives this, like this eye roll where he's like, okay, good. I know, okay. Okay. I fucking knew I was going to have to fight somebody here. We rap fine. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, I wrote about, have to fight. <laughs> I wrote about this scene. Wow. Much combat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because because. <laughs> the amount of <laughs> the amount of sophomoric level camera cutting to obscure that Jonathan Frakes never touched another person in the filming of this. I think he's But it looks like he kicked the shit out of somebody if you're if you've just suffered a serious head injury. <laughs> I think he slightly grabbed the guy by the head in one of the shots. <laughs> that's that's really it. And both that's of the charitable. Fight scenes, like, both of the fight scenes are super short because there's that one and then there's the one later where Frakes gets beat up by the captain. Um, and they're both incredibly short. <laughs> where it's just like, hang on, so this is the fighting that Klingons do to determine their... It's just a couple of punches and that's what determines the order of I actually I don't have a problem with the the fight that he had with the second officer as a fight um like it was you know it was just kind of like a wrestling thing like they 
there were some judo throws and yada yada i have a problem with it because it was extremely poorly filmed (laughs) (laughs) i mean everything that occurred on that fucking klingon ship was poorly filmed because the lighting designer decided that klingons only see in red scale Oh, which, like, maybe, I don't know. I've never met anyone. It's one of the things aesthetically that's always bothered me about Klingons, because Klingons are at least humanoid. Like, they have eyeballs like we have eyeballs. Right. um, Which would seem to indicate that they would have a basic visual spectrum. So maybe they are more sensitive to brighter light or there you know like it could be a yeah it could be a sensitivity thing but just there is so much of the the uh aesthetic design surrounding the entirety of like the klingon empire for the for this series and on into uh you know much of the of the future right uh where it's just everything is dark and red and fire and it's like i get it all right we got it yeah, I get. I it. mean, I'm I am being really uncharacteristically charitable right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, but consider the mantis shrimp. <laughs> the ones that snap? I don't know. Um, they have uh, I forget. They so you have rods and cones in your eye. Yeah. They have like way more one or the both. other. Both. No, I think both. So they can see like 12,000 more colors than we can. Uh-huh. Um, or 12,000 times the colors. It, Whatever. Yeah, I'm doing science really... Doing science good. That's what you tune in in this podcast for. Hey, you guys you guys came here for the science and now Welcome you're going, to the Good Science Corner. Now you're going to get um, it. But anyway, like, no, like, they can see a lot of shit um, that we can't. Birds can see a lot of shit that we can't. Yeah. Um, like, what looks well lit to us might not look well lit to a bird or a mantis shrimp or a Klingon. Um, so like the fact that their ship lighting looks like fucking dog shit to human eyes might just be the fact like might just be because they can see um, you know spectrums of light that that yeah, we can't, yeah, and, and it looks and it looks very like warm and and inviting, like your patio does right now. Uh, great job decorating, by the way. Yeah, I love these, these uh, patio lights that I got. And again, that's me being uncharacteristically charitable, and this is the end of uncharacteristically charitable corner. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to admit, like it's not worth spending this amount of time on. So just fucking. Uh, hey, hey, hey! Nothing we do. <laughs> on this podcast is worth the amount of time we spend on it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks for saying that. It means a lot. I mean, it's worth it to to <laughs> me because friendship. <laughs> but, you know, like, as far as, like, a cultural project, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so back to the plot so the fucking uh they actually i'll give the writers um a good job on as much as the as much as we're complaining about the b plot i'll give them a good job on actually integrating the a plot and the b plot yeah that's true the like the 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 benzoid yeah solves it or whatever yeah he figures also out the, the whatever the 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 uh mysterious mcguffin that appears on the 
Klingon ship when they use the transporter. Boy, that sure sounds like something the computer could have done. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is this has been the computer's nefarious plot corner <laughs> for this week. <laughs> oh, I, I this was at the top of my notes, um, and it didn't really nothing really came of it. But uh, we established last week that when they left, they were headed to space station India. And at the beginning of this episode, they were headed to uh, Space Station 127 or whatever. So I don't know if that means that that's just an alternate name for that one or if they're just space, they're doing like a Space Station bar hop. Yeah, I think that's your, that's the blue line. Um, the, what blue line? Or the, like, you know, the, the, that's the transit route through the galaxy. Oh, okay. I thought you meant a different blue line. Yeah, no, not that blue line. <laughs> Fuck that blue line. Um, yeah, so fucking, uh, Anson Kalanapin figures out the thing, and then they go looking for the Klingons, and then the Klingon captain. It took way too long to get there, um, but I did think that actually the way that he, uh, that Riker got the guy out of the way without having to murder him was pretty clever. Yeah, no, I, like, it honestly was like a like one of the few plot twists in any of these episodes where I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how, idea. that's how you're resolving the plot. Yeah. Cause my, my um, original, uh, like we've response, done 40 he... episodes of the show <laughs> and very rarely have I ever had that response to anything. Yeah. Like he pulls the little transponder, uh, that Worf gave him out of his boot and the captain is immediately like, what is that? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What is this stupid bullshit? Because he pulls, pulls it out right in front of him but then it turns out that he did that on purpose to right. you know to get caught and so that he would ha- be holding the thing and i was like oh fuck good job yeah it was like a competently written show yeah. um for a scene. moment there yeah competently yeah, written scene. scene yeah there thank you part of a scene yes part of a scene <laughs> part y- yes <laughs> exchange competently written exchange <laughs> between two characters. competently written lines of dialogue <laughs> yes. and one action <laughs> yes that is the show sucks <laughs> show fucking rules um but yeah that's pretty much it so the klingons try to attack the uh, the enterprise and then the and then riker just fucking swings his dick all over the klingon bridge yeah. it's like i'm the captain that just pulls a dude i la- i laughed when he said i'm the captain now because that's the same thing that the somali pirate says <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know the thing yeah, i mean yeah. Everybody references that, references that constantly. Yeah. And this is 20 years before that. Oh, no. What, no, what made me laugh was the idea that that Somali pirate <laughs> <laughs> grew up on <laughs> Star Trek. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Which that is now canon for that Tom Hanks movie. Absolutely canon for reality i guess we're just we're doing reality canon now baby (laughs) (laughs) because like fuck it like everything is contradictory uh nothing makes sense we might as well just say we might as well just declare things that are funny or real no we discussed this earlier today (laughs) that that there is a non-zero possibility that the large hadron collider when it was (laughs) when when it was turned on shattered reality and we are living through the 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 what do you call it 
fucking uh the, yeah collapse or whatever yeah the collapse of reality yeah i mean my 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 still preferred version of that theory is that it erased the most probable timeline yeah like basically you you have all these timelines and they sit on they sit on top of each other like a stack of uh documents yeah um and the most probable ones are at the top and then they get less and less likely as you go down and the Large Hadron Collider triggered a thing where once a second the the document on top gets shredded and then we all go into the slightly less probable universe. Yeah. Like it honestly No, that and that, I yeah. mean it honestly describes what we're living through. Yeah, no, that all tracks because yeah, I mean when you think about chaos theory and the idea that uh, you know and like a multiple, you know, multiple worlds theory like in order to take that to its logical completion every single thing every single action every single possible outcome in every situation everywhere in the universe at every moment happen like every possibility right. all, you know happens all at once and splits the splits the universe into uh you know infinite sub universes or, or alternate realities and so yeah the idea that it's just every one of the, every time one of those happens the thing that's most likely like that timeline just gets written off the books right and things <laughs> just become more and more ridiculous yeah um which everything is still possible but it, everything is just weirder and weirder right. and yeah that, things become less and less probable yeah that definitely feels like what we're living in yeah yeah okay anyway add some more notes <laughs> yeah yeah do more notes um, I, I think if you want to talk about star trek more yeah, I, guess. I guess since that's what the show um, I guess like the biggest one I wanted to talk about, um, and this was, this is honestly like the biggest like brain worm that I got from this episode that is going to make me think about other episodes. So there's a scene where, um, Riker is taking control of the Klingon ship and Picard contacts him and he says, this is commander or this is Captain William Riker mm -hmm. um, of the Star Trek or whatever. Sure. Um, drop your shields and surrender. And then it cuts to a commercial break. Or I mean, it doesn't, obviously, because right. we're watching it on Netflix, but like, there's, an, there's an act break there. And I realized that they wrote that into the script so they would have something to cut and put into the commercial for the show because do you remember a time where you would watch tv and there would be like while you're watching tv like oh. like watching the news you would you, there would be like a preview for this week's episode yeah of star trek Th next this week on star trek the next generation and like and that scene and that fuck, scene absolutely that yeah. scene was absolutely filmed because it doesn't really make sense like i because like it. after like after that like i mean it makes sense if like it's just he's just doing a bit with picard um which which is how i like to think of it well, but I mean, like he definitely is but it's i don't know it strikes me as somewhat deeper than like just doing a bit but the two of them you know trusting and under understanding each other and being like and, and I don't. Know, I I like the interchange between the two of them, but I do like where you're going with this. With that, I yeah, that uh, 
that idea that that scene just exists for the preview. Right. Which it absolutely does. Like, yeah. there's no... I, w- I would bet all of my money, all, all of my hundreds of dollars <laughs> on this, uh, <laughs> that that was the commercial stinger that they put on, like, the 5 o'clock news or whatever. Yeah. I'd be like, tonight on Star Trek The Next Generation. And then, you know, showing that yeah. of, like, yeah, this is... This is William Riker. This is Captain William Riker of the Starship Poog. (laughs) Drop your shields and surrender. And it's like, yeah, because, like, that would make you be like, what the fuck is going on in Star Trek? (laughs) (laughs) Like, even if you watched last week, you'd be like, what? Oh, yeah, I mean, we watched last week, and (laughs) I would be like, I'm sorry. (laughs) What? 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 How did we get here? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, and I don't know. Now that I'm like kind of woke to that, I'm wondering. I don't know. I, I, I guess this is probably going to make me like the show less, honestly. But I am going to be like very aware of like, oh, this is for the, this is to, to drop out of context into a fucking you know five second commercial i mean maybe i don't know to me it because we've discussed already on many many occasions obviously how this show functions as a historical artifact yeah no i well yeah i mean that's that's why i brought this up because yeah. this is another way it functions extremely as a, an historical artifact yeah and so to me that like that doesn't bother me that doesn't make me like the show less because it's just a reminder of the way that just fucking the way TV worked in 1989. Right. Like, it was just, it was a different time. Um, the other the other note I had, and I probably should have led with this because it's n- not nearly as profound as the last thing, <laughs> um, but Jonathan Frakes really goes for it as far as, like, being commanding and having, like, a... Qu- he especially like his voice work oh yeah um is very like he's cracking the whip with his voice um and it might be because we watched it on your not amazing tv outside (laughs) but they the sound designers did not do him any favors i thought um oh yeah like the mix the mix could have could have sold that a lot better and and it just i think they missed the mark on on the mix is yeah, all yeah and it, because I, like like uh um peace to still sounds great i mean always he, he has the voice of god yeah. <laughs> um, um i'm gonna put that down to like pr- production restraints just like the the limit of time and everything because i i noticed something at the very end that i was like <laughs> jarred by how bad an effect it was and it was just that scene where the the that shot where the enterprise is like firing the neutrino beam at the uh klingon hull mm-hmm. to fix the space bacteria and it was so, it was so static like the two ships were so static and while the like the star field is moving behind them um it just it, it again. It was just jarring right. how bad it how badly it was rendered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think thing. yeah. Like the production values on this episode were especially low. Yeah. I think is is the takeaway. Um, I guess I just wanted to know 
because I I would say like yeah you should watch this episode I think it's an important involvement in the like like I said the galactic politics but also in um, Riker's character yeah but give Frakes some slack because he delivers a lot of lines that are supposed to be like cutting and commanding he's supposed to be using like like boss voice basically and it doesn't work and it's not because of him it's because of who was at the mixing board yeah um yeah i think again i think frakes's performance uh, on this episode is one of the better it's the, the best be- we've seen him do so far i would say off the top of my head i can't think of a better one yeah i'd have to go back and look but yeah 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 great job um and yeah overall not a i'm not gonna call it a must watch but i'm gonna call it a watch yeah i'm gonna say i would say if you're gonna watch all of the ones we say you should watch then watch this one yeah um that's about as far as i'm gonna go on that one but well next week oh you're gonna know what this is actually uh, next week is Measure of a Man. Oh. Yeah. Which I remember being good. So you know already it's about, you know, the establishment of whether or not data's human or whatever has has free will. Um I mean, not the established it's it's another episode investigating. Another, yeah, that. it's an episode yeah. that's focused on that. Yeah. Um and I remember it being good, so hopefully it's Okay. Good. Um Um Listeners. We'll see if I remember this next week, but my theory now is that Data is a person, but he's a child. I mean, he's um, which is something not, years old. Yeah, yeah, yes, but he has he experienced persons he experiences personhood as a child right now, um, regardless of how old he is. Okay, um, which is like not a full experience of personhood. Yeah. Certainly as a young a younger person. Yeah. I mean it also goes to the idea that he can learn and he can grow, which that to me is one of the big like that's one of the defining characteristics of whether or not something is self-aware and whether or not we can consider it sentient or a person or whatever is does it know like does it have a sense of individuality and can it learn and grow from its experiences right. yeah but also like learning and growing from your experiences um is a trait that is very high when you're a child and and diminishes as you get older yeah um so yeah, also, I mean, I, yeah, I, I still, I still maintain that. Yeah, data. I mean, obviously, data is a person. Like, I don't. Yeah. If you've watched this show and you're like, data is not a person, stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> if you don't think data is a person, I have some very bad news about you. You're not a person. <laughs> you're a bad person anyway. Yeah. Um, At best, you are a bad person. Um, yeah, but one of the things that it that that it brings up that is always just one of the like is always aggravating uh, is the is the whole fucking contraction the the contraction thing and the emotion thing. Yeah. Uh, 
if you have the ability to say want and not want, then you, you have, have the emotions. Ability, yeah. yeah, then you have emotions. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this off mic last yeah. week. And it's like, yeah, if you if you can experience preference, then you experience emotions. Yeah. Like, you know, higher order emotions are sort of meta, like metatextual uh, constructs above those basic things of preference and 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 anti-preference. Yeah. Um, and he clearly has express, expressed preferences. Yeah. Um, all like basically every episode that he has lines in. Yeah, like also, most of the time. Data didn't say shit in this one. <laughs> it was really weird. The only I actually I didn't write it down, but I almost called a good good job data on uh, just the fact that he flipped the commander's chair around. Uh, in the little, you know, the seating yeah. area where the captain, where he sits with the captain, because he's basically functioning as the first officer while Riker's off the ship, right. and he spins the chair around to look at Ensign Kalanapin, and I don't think that chair's ever been spun fully around. Yeah, I don't recall having ever seen that before. Yeah. All right. Well, we almost we almost did our first episode without a good job, data, but we got an okay job, data. I guess good furniture. We got a job, data. <laughs> there it is. All right, that's probably gonna do it. This is yeah, almost certainly the longest episode we've ever done. I'm yep, pretty sure we're uh, over an hour and a half at least. Jesus. Right. Um, listeners, thank you for joining us as always. Um, Everybody in Anchorage, we love you. Everybody in uh, Kansas City, we love you. Uh, everybody in uh, what's the city in California that I keep forgetting? I'm gonna it's say, weird that you would rely on me for that. I'm going to say Hill Valley. Everybody it's in definitely Hill. not it, but sure. <laughs> Mountain View. <laughs> Mountain View. That's it. Everybody in Mountain View, you're still dead to us. Tweet at us, listeners at Leal like Neil at Ship Facts at who is jack gun find us on facebook um and that's all thank you be safe love each other and yourselves yeah yeah that 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 seems fine the the podcast with but you were looking at me like i had to say something so here is the thing that i said